Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Would you turn with me to the Gospel of Luke this morning and chapter 10 and verse 38. I'm going to be reading from the ESV this morning, so um, feel free to just listen in if if you want as I read uh, or read along in your own translations, that's fine. So Luke 10 verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. It's a really short little story, isn't it? But it's a short story with a huge impact for each one of us. And I've just been reading this recently. I think at first glance, this is a story about two sisters, and it seems to be that the one that busied herself is kind of the bad guy, and the one that sat around looking up at Jesus longingly, lovingly, was the good person in the story. But I think there's a lot more to it than that. It's not a story about people who are busybodies, in the good sense. It's not a story about people who like to sit around thinking about Jesus all day. It's much more than that. It's about a story of what happened on one particular day in one particular home with two particular sisters and what the Lord said to each of them and really what he was saying to both of them and what he was saying to us today. I've been thinking recently when I read this about what it must have been like to have Jesus come into your home. You ever thought about that? What if Jesus came by your house and you opened the door and you knew he was coming and you brought him into your home? How comfortable would you feel having Jesus to come and have tea in your home? It's quite a difficult question, isn't it? Now, I know the budding theologians in the room will all be saying, ah, yes, but Jesus is in our hearts. He's already in our homes. And that's true. But I wonder if Jesus came in bodily form and walked into our homes, whether he would be happy with everything in our homes, whether he would feel welcome in our homes, whether he would feel welcomed by the atmosphere, by the welcome he was given, by what was talked about, by the relationships in the home. It's a challenging question, isn't it? And the theologians are right. Jesus is in our homes because he's in our hearts. He's there all the time. And it should be a welcoming place for him. And for these two sisters, it was a welcoming place. That's really good for them, isn't it? They look pretty good in this story because Jesus was welcome when he came into their home. And he knew these sisters very well. We've got several accounts of um, him being with them. They raised, Jesus raised their brother Lazarus from the dead, which is massive. (laughs) Just before his... um, before he went to the cross, 
Mary was the one that came with the expensive ointment and anointed Jesus with a a spice that was specifically for burial. And she honoured him. So these were people that were well acquainted with Jesus. They knew him well. And yet he still had things to say to them about their home and about their hearts. And if you just look at verse 38, I just want to go through this morning and I've just got a few thoughts to share really. I think we'll will speak to us. And the first thing in verse 38, you know, I'll just say this, Martha gets quite a bad press on the back of these few five verses, doesn't she? (laughs) This short story. But the really good thing is, is that Martha welcomed Jesus into their home. She was ready to receive him into their home. The unfortunate thing is that we then find out as we read this little story that Martha very quickly gets distracted So she welcomes Jesus, she's ready, but very quickly her focus shifts away from Jesus. And reading this recently, the Lord just said to me, how often do you give me your focus initially, but very quickly it shifts away from me? And I was convicted on that. That sometimes I'll sit before the Lord, and I have a welcome for him, but sometimes my focus shifts quite quickly. And the Lord said, it shouldn't be shifting from me. Sometimes I think we're quite easily distracted these days. And I think one of our biggest, if not maybe our biggest challenge, is the fact we're living in an age of distraction. In every age, the enemy that we have has a strategy to come against God's kingdom, and that means God's people. And in this age, and in this time, one of the biggest parts of his strategy is distraction. And that can happen in lots of different ways. Initially, you might think, well, mobile phone is a source of distraction. You know what? If it wasn't your mobile phone, it would be something else. We are easily distracted. And I believe that as God's people, we need to be those who practice coming before the Lord, giving him our attention, and being determined not to let our attention shift onto something or someone else within the first few minutes. And I do mean the first few minutes, because sometimes that's what it is. Mary was different, wasn't she? In verse 39 it said, And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. And you know the key word there is listened. It's not that she sat at the Lord's feet, it's that she listened. Because you can sit at the Lord's feet and you can talk at him. You can spend time with Jesus and you can just talk at him all day long without listening to him. It's easy to talk, but it's a lot harder to listen, isn't it? I find it much easier to talk than listen. I'm sure that comes to no surprise for lots of you that know me. But Mary had learned the practice of listening to Jesus. And because of that, Jesus was able to give her something. Martha's decision was instead to busy herself. But we find out that this has got two consequences for her. So if you look at verse 40, it says, Martha was distracted, distracted away from Jesus, with much serving. 
So on the face of it, Martha's decision is a good one. She welcomes Jesus into her home, and she thinks, I must be a good host. Therefore, I need to do these things to make Jesus feel welcome. Her heart was in the right place. And often, when we get distracted away from Jesus, our heart is often in the right place. It occurs to us there are things that maybe we could do for him. And we think, well, if I busy myself doing that, that's what Jesus wants, isn't it? I'm his disciple. I'm here to do things for him. Disciple is a doing word, isn't it? Well, I think disciple is a being word instead. We're disciples in our hearts, and there is fruit that comes from that, which is action, but it starts with the heart. And that was the trouble, because if you start with action and not the heart, then it leads to a problem in the heart. And Martha had a problem. She begrudged Mary, and she misjudged Jesus. So look what she says in the next verse. So Martha goes up to Jesus. I know most of us are thinking, I can't believe you said this to his face. But she was well acquainted with Jesus. And we should be able to say what we think to Jesus, by the way. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. She begrudged Mary the time that she had at Jesus' feet because she was being busy. But she also looked at Jesus and said, does it not bother you that I'm doing all of these things and Mary is doing nothing? And that's the problem. When we busy ourselves with distractions, sometimes things that are for him, but we don't start at his feet and listening to him, that then our hearts could come into this place where we begrudge other people, maybe the relationship that they have with the Lord, and we start to misjudge the Lord on how he feels about us. Because if we're busying ourselves, then we're not really listening to what's on God's heart. The wonderful thing about Jesus is that whatever you say to him, he looks through the words and into your heart. And that's what we find in verse 41. Jesus says, but the Lord answered, Martha, Martha. There's a tenderness there, by the way. There's not a scolding. It's a tenderness. You are anxious and troubled about many things. There are times when we're not happy about things in our life and we talk to the Lord about it. Maybe we're not happy with, about other people and what they're doing. Maybe we're not happy about the things that are happening in other people's lives and not in ours and we feel a lack. And we start to question Jesus' good intentions for us. But you know, I think often when we come to the Lord and we're complaining about one thing, actually the trouble is always something else. It's not usually the thing that we put our finger on. The Lord normally says, no, no, that's the problem. And then he puts his finger on what really is going on. And for Martha, she was troubled about lots of things. This, isn't, this wasn't for her about the fact that Mary was sitting there and she was busying herself. 
It wasn't that she was just taking a superficial view. Martha had things on her mind, things that were troubling her. And her answer to dealing with that was busyness. It might sound obvious to say that busyness is not the answer to anxiety, but how many times have we tried to treat anxiety with busyness? That'll keep me occupied. I'll just get stuck into this. You hear people saying, I'm throwing myself into that. The only thing we should throw ourselves into is the arms of Jesus. Really, that's where it starts. If Martha had come and sat at Jesus' feet, Jesus would have dealt with the anxieties. And here's the thing. We often think about Mary from this story and we think, Mary was just this peaceful woman who just sat at the Lord's feet. But there's no indication to me in this story that Mary didn't have her own concerns. That Mary wasn't struggling with anxious thoughts. These are two sisters that lived together. Their lives were shared and intertwined. There would have been stresses upon her of daily life as there would have been on Martha. But the difference between these two sisters is that one knew that she had to sit at Jesus' feet and she had to listen to what he had to say. And she knew that whatever was on her mind, whatever was going on in her life, that was the starting point. And whatever is going on in our lives... And it changes all the time, doesn't it? We have good times, we have tough times. But whatever is going on, the answer is always to come and sit and listen to what Jesus has to say. On any given day. And that's what Mary chose to do. And then comes this amazing statement, which I think is the key to the whole thing for us. He says, to the, he says to Martha this, he says, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. Now you can look up lots of commentaries and you can talk to lots of people about this verse, but nobody really knows what that one thing is. Jesus doesn't tell us what the one thing was. And if I knew Luke, I'd be saying, Luke, can you just please add a couple of sentences? What was the one thing? Because it was so necessary and so vital. And I think Jesus didn't name the one thing because the one thing may be different for each of us. What's the one thing that's necessary for you may be the one thing that's different for me. And maybe the one thing that's necessary for you today to hear will be different tomorrow. Jesus may have something else for you tomorrow, and that's the one thing that's necessary for you tomorrow. See, his bread is daily. It cannot be kept overnight. We need to be hearing fresh words from the Lord every day. And in case we think that means sitting every day and jotting down lots of things from the Lord, I don't think the Lord waffles. I think he's quite succinct. And I think if we sit and listen, he'll say, today, Simon, today, this is the one thing that's necessary for you. That's what you need to know today. If you have this one thing, everything else in your life will fall into place around it. And you'll only find this one thing here at my feet. And when you open your ears and you listen 
to the one thing I have for you today. And that was the secret that Mary had discovered. And that was the secret that Jesus was trying to tell Martha. Only one thing is necessary. I think it's um, telling that when we hit a crisis in our lives, lots of things get stripped away really quickly, don't they? For those of you that have faced crises, sometimes and often it's life and death, all the stuff that mattered up to five minutes ago suddenly just dissolves, doesn't it? And suddenly you have this moment of clarity when you realize that all the rubbish that you were concerning yourself with, and some of it is really legitimate stuff like putting bread on the table and the things of life that are necessary for living, suddenly all of that stuff is just gone and you're faced with this one moment of crisis and all your thoughts come to this and you say, actually, this is what matters. I think as God's people, we shouldn't be those that need a crisis to tell us how to come to that moment of clarity. And this is the moment that Jesus had for Mary. A moment of clarity and the moment he had for Martha. Forget all of the anxious thoughts and the worries and the troubles, Martha. This is your moment of clarity. I'm going to give you the one thing you need right now. We don't know what happens after this story, do we? I like to think that Martha listened to the Lord because, you see, he wasn't a stranger, but he was a friend, and he was trusted by her. And she will have stopped and said, Lord, you're right. What's the one thing for me today? What do I need today? Jesus says that Mary chose, this is in verse 42 again, Mary chose the good portion. Now, maybe we're getting close now to what one thing is. I'm thinking, okay, Bible study time. Let's start doing concordance on, on good portion. It's still not going to tell you what the one thing is because the one thing will change from day to day and from person to person. But it did remind me of Psalm 16 and verse 5 where it talks about the Lord being our portion and our cup. He is our portion. And it means that he's our cup. He's the source of refreshing. He's the vessel that brings the refreshing to us. He's the source. And Mary chose the good portion. And the wonderful thing about choosing the good portion is it cannot be taken away from you. Now think of all those other things that Martha was distracted with. Think about all the other things that crowd in on your life. All of those things can be taken away in a moment. But the one thing that God has for you every day cannot be taken away. The enemy can't take it away. You can't take it away. Your circumstances can't take it away. Other people can't take it away. It's irreversible and it's irrevocable. It's the gift of God that cannot be taken away from you. And that's what he has for you every single day. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that amazing? That when we come before the Lord, we're not there to run through a rotor of prayers or to read our given portions of scripture. 
but we're there to receive a gift from the Lord that cannot be taken away from us, that's unassailable, that brings life and is the only thing that is necessary for us on any given day. That's what Jesus has for us in his presence. But did you notice it said that Mary has chosen the good portion? You see, the good portion that God has for you every day, you have to choose it. We have to choose it. It cannot be a passive thing. I've met Christians before that say, well, I trust the Lord and if God's got something for me, he'll give it to me. I'm just quite relaxed about that. And have a sort of fatalistic approach. But you know what? You were called into a partnership with him. He's the boss. You're the junior partner. But you're the partner. And that means every day we have to make a choice. We cannot be passive about this. And sometimes we are very passive about it. And then we question the Lord and say, why isn't this happening for me? Why am I feeling like this, Lord? And the Lord's reply is this. You have not chosen the good portion. You have not sat and listened to my voice on any given day. And we have to put our hand up and say, okay, Lord, let's start again. I'm going to strip everything else away in my life. I'm going to sit at your feet and I'm going to listen. And I know that you have a good portion for me that cannot be taken away from me, that's eternal, that's life-giving and life-bringing. This matters not just because God wants you to have every day as a day full of good things from him, a day full of joy, of fulfillment, and everything else that God's got for you. It matters because whether you lay hold of your good portion affects me too. Nothing that you do in your Christian walk affects only you. It always affects the rest of us. It's quite a difficult truth, this, isn't it? Because we struggle with things, and what we don't want is the guilt of knowing that actually the way that we lay hold of things or don't lay hold of things that God's got for us can actually have an impact on other people around us. But it does. Because God has made us dependent upon one another. So the good portion that God has for you on any given day will mean that you have things for other people. You see, he is a sowing and reaping God. And he plants seeds in you that germinate and don't just fill your life, but actually spread to others. So it's vital not just for us that we come and sit and listen every day and receive that good portion from the Lord, but actually it's vital for those around us in the kingdom. Because when we're in that place, we're in the place where we can bless others, where we can serve them with a heart that is not begrudging anyone else what God is doing in their life, but actually a heart that's just full and thankful for the things that we've received from Jesus and is simply wanting that to be exported beyond our own lives and to be blessing other people. It's easy to read this story and say, well, the one thing that was necessary was something that Mary needed. And that, on the face of it, I think 
That is exactly what Jesus is saying. But I was thinking about this the other day and thinking, actually, maybe there was one thing that Jesus needed as well. Maybe from Jesus' perspective, one thing was necessary. Maybe there was something he wanted in that encounter with Martha. So Jesus didn't just want to give something to Martha, but wanted to receive something from Martha as well. And I think that's true for us. Your relationship with him is not a one-way street. Our relationship with him as it grows and develops is not just one of us learning how to receive from him, but learning how to give to him. It's a two-way street. And that means that Jesus doesn't just want you to find that one thing every day so that he can bless you and give you the good portion. But he wants to receive something from you. He wants intimacy with us. He wants to enjoy fellowship with you. Do you know, I think for a lot of people in your heart of hearts, you struggle to believe that. We look at Jesus as this person who is bigger than everything, more important than anyone. And really we say, I know he loves me. I've come to learn that. He doesn't need me. Does he really want moments of my life? And the answer is yes. He does. He genuinely does. He wants moments of intimacy with you. Not just once in a while, but every day. And I think for lots of us, if we were brutally honest with ourselves, we would say, we're not there yet. That's, that's okay. But what God is saying to you today is, that's what I want in your life every day. Moments of intimacy. That one thing is necessary for me as your Lord, as your shepherd, as the one who's laid his life down for you. I didn't lay my life down for you for us to have a long-distance relationship. For us to have a contractual relationship. But actually, so that your life and my life would become intertwined. So much so that when others get to know you, they find it difficult to know when I end and you begin. Do you know what? That's possible for all of us. It's not the most pious of saints. It's not the people that are really spiritual. It's every one of us. And you say, how can that be true for all of us? We're all so different. Some of us are not very good at that kind of stuff. Well, the good news is that he's really good at that kind of stuff. He made you. He understands you. He understands how your brain works, how your mind works. He understands how your personality meshes together in all of that. And he knows how to handle you. He knows how to draw things out of you. And he knows how to relate to you. If you will sit at his feet and if we will listen and hear his voice. That's the invitation he has for us this morning. Only one thing is necessary today. Maybe that one thing today is that you need to know that he loves you. I mean really loves you. Maybe the one thing today is that you need to know that when he said that you were a child of God, you really are a child of God. You're not an imposter. 
You're not an adopted child that's really unwanted. Maybe the one thing that you need to know today is that he has a plan and a purpose for your life that is no less important than anyone else in the kingdom of God in all of history. The one thing will be different for all of us. But the one thing I can tell you about that one thing is that it's necessary for each of us. I want us to just come back into a time of worship this morning as we finish. And I'm going to pray in a second, but I just want you to prepare your hearts. If you've heard what God has to say this morning to you, just close your eyes, if you will. It helps us just to not be distracted. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you, Lord, that every day you have what we need. Every day you have a good portion for each of us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that the portion that you have for us today is the one thing we need, and it cannot be taken away from us, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we want to ask you for your help. You sent your spirit to live within us, to bring us closer to you. And we're so grateful, Lord, because we could not do this on our own. We would be overwhelmed by the task. But Lord, we call upon you, Spirit of God, for you are alive and within each of us who have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And Lord, we want to come to the place where we sit at your feet and we listen and we hear your heart toward us and we hear what you have to say every day. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us to this place of intimacy not once in a while, but every day. And that, Lord, you would show us how to live our lives, starting at your feet and listening to your voice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.